Welcome to the Preservation Technology Podcast, the show that brings you the people and projects that are advancing the future of America's heritage. I'm Kevin Ammons with the National Park Service's National Center for Preservation Technology and Training. In this edition of the podcast, we join NCPTT's Jason Church as he speaks with Tony Razor. He is an art conservator with the Neek Sean Foundation and a conservation professor at the University of Wisconsin. Today, they will discuss Razor's interest in folk art and his work with the Rock Garden in Shundagar, India. I had a couple questions for you, Tony. I know you've got quite the reputation out in the profession for the conservation of folk art. And the, the big thing I want to ask you today while I've got you captive is, how did you get into folk art? What, what's sparked your interest in conservation, but particularly the conservation of uh, folk art? Well, I was born and raised in rural Wisconsin, and our neighbor was a folk artist. That is, he was a self-taught visionary artist who built concrete sculpture in his yard and carved wooden sculpture for the interior of their log cabin, which was next to our house. He also happened to attend the same church that I did, and he was in Rosary Club with my parents. So I knew Mr. Tallon as a child and was exposed to people making things and making art. My family also came from that kind of background where my grandfather was a furniture maker. So now Mr. Tallon, other than his own folk art there for his own self, did he ever sell or has his work ever gotten out? He never sold his work. He only made it for the community. He'd make it for church members. And you could go to him specifically asking for a work of art to be made and he would accommodate people and make pieces for uh, the congregation. But apart from that, not really. Now, as a young adult, I was exposed to more examples of folk art in my travels around the United States. And in college, by chance, I took a course on uh, popular American culture. And then I was exposed to this broader vision of what visionary art is, art environments uh, like Mr. Tellen lived in as well as people decorating the interiors of their homes. And as a conservation professional, as a conservator, what made you decide that's what you wanted to, to work on? My, one of my specialties is dealing with folk art and helping to preserve folk art. And, you know, Jason, I made that decision to have a focal point with folk art because I had met so many folk artists also in my own travels and in my own interest in popular American culture. And I knew that this was not only unique to the United States, and it's found in other countries also, but what was unique was this relationship of meeting the artists in their home environment and the sense of humility that so many of them exhibit because the vast majority of them are self-taught artists but have this compulsion or this desire to embellish their environment. Recently, you've been doing a lot of work with the Neek Chan Foundation in India. Can you tell us a little bit about that right. kind of work? Neek Chan is a self-taught artist. He was a road inspector, and he began building a park in Chandigarh, India. That's at the foothills of the Himalayas back in the 1950s. It was, unfortunately, on government land. The government eventually discovered it, and a government bureaucrat decided to let it be opened as a public park. 
And since that time, the garden has grown to 25 acres. We have got over 3,000 pieces of sculpture, and I help to coordinate Americans who wish to spend one month residencies living in the rock garden and making art with Mr. Neckchand in his rock garden. And the, our foundation is based in London, and I'm the U.S. representative for that foundation. And I just recently returned from India, where we had placed six foreigners from three different countries for a period of two months making mosaic art, all out of recycled materials. So if you wanted to find out more about this artist and resident program, where would you get information about that? Neckchand.org, and Neckchand is spelled N-E-K. C-H-A-N-D dot org and you'll see our website as well as our various programs for promoting the completion of the rock garden, the preservation of the rock garden, and the dissemination of the rock garden in Chandigarh, India. So Mr. Chan is still actively an yes. artist himself. He's at the garden every day. I know he started in the 50s. What What is his age now? He's, he's 85. And he's active. He goes to the garden every day. He supervises the work. He no longer makes the sculptures, but he has people trained under him who not only make the sculptures but maintain the garden and are involved in uh, preservation and operation of the waterfalls, the waterfalls, etc. Now, you did mention the completion of the garden. Is there a vision for the, the, the end of the work? There is a vision for the end, Jason, and it has to do with Mr. Neckchon's desire not only to finish the last of the buildings, and there are only a few more left to be finished, um, but his general overall plan. He doesn't work with specific details, but has conveyed his vision to his immediate staff, and they have an idea of what he wants to see accomplished, not only in his lifetime yet, but after he's gone. And basically, the Nekchan Foundation supports the idea that after Mr. Nekchan is gone from the garden, that it will go into a preservation mode of maintaining the garden, that is the sculptures, etc., and also holding on to this vision that he had. Now, you mentioned he was originally a road inspector, so, so we know he's not a formally trained artist. What gave him that vision? What made him start building this environment? Well, we know that as a child, in the period of the British period of India, that he made sculptures out of sand along the riverbanks in that part of the Punjab where he lived, and he began by collecting oddly shaped rocks that he felt had a spirit and setting them up on little earthen terraces that he encountered. And later, as a road inspector, it was his job to supervise the crew to collect river rocks, to smash them, and to turn them into gravel. And he found that some of the rocks had a particular quality to them, an aesthetic quality, so he refused to smash them into gravel, and he began setting them up on these terraces, which that eventually turned into and evolved into the rock garden, where we have over 3,000 visitors a day. And by the way, because the rock garden is a self-contained park under the Chandigarh administration, the admission is 10 cents per person. We have an in, It's an income generator, and with that amount of money that comes into the garden, we actually have enough money to maintain the garden and to bring it to fruition. 
Now, one thing you and I have talked about before, and I, I know you as a conservator go there as a professional. You have the artists in residence. Um, Mr. Chan is working there. But you also hire locals to do both construction and the preservation. Exactly. And they're hired. We have a permanent staff of approximately 10 cleaners that maintain the garden, you know, pick up the leaves, the garbage, etc. And then on a contractual basis, we have another 10 workers who make the sculptures and who help in the development of the garden. So these people who do the cleaning and the construction, they're, they're trained there on site by Mr. Chan? And right, they're trained on site by Mr. Chan and his um, overseers, and they'll help us with the pickup of the recyclable materials around the city of Chandigarh, that is broken plates from hotels, restaurants, etc., rags, which are recycled into soft sculptures made at the garden, and the other various projects that he's got on, got going, like, for example, there's a small nursery there for growing plants, etc. None of it is for sale, but it can be loaned out for exhibitions. Now, this is the first time I've heard about the soft sculptures. Are they out in the environment as well as the concrete sculptures? No, all the soft sculptures, that is the rag sculptures, they're kept indoors either under a canopy or actually within a structure because otherwise they would rot. Well, very good. What do we think the overall time frame for completion is? We're probably looking at it within the next five years. The new art museum is well underway, and that'll be finished within the next 12 months. Then it will have to be decorated. And the next phase of phase three, that is the terrace of the horses and the terrace of the camels, that's nearly finished. So this huge 25-acre park, which has a boundary wall around it, will be set and open to the public, all of it. And the fortunate thing is for the foreigners like myself, Mr. Nekchan has built guest quarters within the garden where we can stay as part of our work project, making the mosaics with his laborers. So you can find out more information on the website you mentioned earlier, nekchan.org, and uh, photographs of the completion as it comes around and, and photographs of the project. Once that uh, wraps up, what, what do you think you'll be working on next? Well, I'll continue to work with Nekchan Foundation, and as I said uh, earlier, we'll go into a preservation mode. So we'll work on the documents that are needed for the preservation to keep up this vision and this dream that was Mr. Nekchan's in recycling way back in the 50s before there even was a word for it. So he's a really an innovator of recycling and sustainability. Oh, most definitely, Jason. Very good. Well, thank you for talking to us today, Mr. Razor, and uh, we look forward to keeping up with you and, and hear how the foundation's going and how the rock garden's going. Please come and visit us in Shandigar, India. Thank you. <laughs> That was Jason Church interviewing Tony Razor. If you would like to learn more about him and the Rock Garden, visit our podcast show notes at the National Center for Preservation Technology and Training website. That's ncptt.nps.gov. Until next time, goodbye, everybody.